Welcome to Harvest Hour with Reverend Dr. Godwin Alija. Today's message is from the vast teaching archives of the man of God, who is also the lead pastor of the Harvest Missions Chapel, Assemblies of God International Church, a first century church in the 21st century world. Join us today as we explore truths of God's word for the building up of our faith and victorious living in Christ Jesus. God bless you. Now, today's message. What is up to foreign soil to work a distant land? Lift your voice with me this morning and begin to ask God to empower us strengthen us today is day 21 of our fasting and prayer if the lord does not strengthen us we cannot go this is the time of the fast that we need extra grace so lift your voice and begin to cry to god that god i need extra grace from you i need wisdom i need tenacity I cannot finish this race, O oh God. Lift your voice and cry to God. Lift your voice one more time. Cry to the Lord. Lift your voice one more time. Cry to the Lord. Tell God I need you more than ever before. I may be physically weak, but spiritually I am strong. In the mighty name of Jesus. Andora babalabasuri ande kalababasundai lekazura babale sharababalabaya eh lekazura balakora babalabayande One more time I want us to pray I want you to pray that as your physical strength gets tired your spiritual and inner man will be strengthened Amen. When we fast physically, we get tired, but spiritually, we are empowered. So pray that God, on day 21 of our fast, let my spirit build muscles. Let my spirit build macho. So that anything the devil throws at me, I'll be able to withstand and push it back. Lift your voice one more time and pray. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I cannot hear you. We pray for strength, we pray for wisdom, we pray for inner strength, Holy Spirit of God, lead us, empower us. Strengthen our inner man. 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 Yes, Lord. 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 Yes,
Finally, I want us to pray that anything that has followed us to church today, any yoke that has saddled us all week and has followed us to church, any worry in the mind and in the heart will be broken and shattered this morning. Because what the devil does is that the devil yokes you with the challenges and the cares of life. And by the time you know it, even the word of God does not enter where it's supposed to go. So lift your voice one more time. Lift your voice one more time. my father my father this morning i lead the congregation before your throne of grace to receive strength and to receive fresh oil and unction my lord anything that hinders us today from receiving from you we cut it off in the name of jesus anything that has burdened our hearts and our minds we crush it also in the name of jesus and we pray that today's service will be one that we have not encountered yet the lord the holy spirit will saturate everyone here today that the spirit of god will empower and lead us that great grace will locate us in the mighty name of jesus have we prayed amen put your hands together shall we be seated in heavenly places i want to encourage all of us to minimize the movements there is too much movement in the house during prayer and uh you know so ushers please take notes we need to give some um, respect to the presence of god every once in a while we have to fire these things from the pulpit to bring order in the house amen we just finished looking at what we termed the three power lines and just a reminder for those of us who do not follow our themes god led us into choosing a theme moving up to the next level and clearly the commandments to the Israelites was that you have tarried around this mountain too long. Break comes and move to the next level. And we learned that sometimes in life we become stagnant. And we sometimes, the bad part is that we get content and we get used to being stagnant. And God says that the plan that I have for you is much bigger than what you can see. So if you really want to please me and you really want to fulfill the plans that I have for you, break comes and move to the next level. Hallelujah. And we have followed through the theme. We started off with our 40 day prayer and fasting. Today is day 21 people of God, celebrate God. Celebrate Jehovah. Hallelujah. Now, I begin, I'm beginning to feel energy. Physically, we are weak and tired, but spiritually, we are building muscles. Now, this is the time that the devil 
should not dare come near our dwelling because we will floor him and put him to shame because God is going to speak for us. Our God is going to battle for us. Now, I also want to encourage us that in the, in the, in the, in the face of that, we need to exercise our faith. Hallelujah. So, the theme that we chose for the month of fasting was power for the next level. Because we believe that when we wait on God, we build power. I'm taking time to trace so that you don't get lost. Amen. When we wait on God, we build power. We build strength. So, the scripture in Isaiah 40 that we like to quote they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall, they shall walk and not faint. Amen. So, as we walk and run through the things of the world, you will not grow tired and you will not faint because we are waiting upon the Lord. Last Friday was something else. We had a prayer chain from 12 midnight to 12 midnight. And I believe that we had a visitation from God. And we are continuing in this power. Today, I am led to speak to us on some other important topics that also deals with power. And I want us to go to the book of First Samuel chapter 7. It's, it's a long read, but please, bear with me. I'm going to take my time. It's going to be more of teaching because we need to understand some things. Amen? I like prophetic, and very soon we'll be receiving some powerful prophetic unctions. But at the same time, when there is prophecy, it is the, you know, we, we can prophesy over your life. But you need to understand how to use the word of God to fulfill that prophecy. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You see, so prophecy without the word, word of God would amount to nothing. Amen. So let us read First Samuel. It's an interesting account in the life of the Israelites. At this time, the Israelites, okay, so the men of Kareth Jerim. Came, came for the ark of the Lord and took it to Abinadab's house on the hill. They consecrated his son, Eliezer, to take care of it. Time went by until 20 years had passed since the ark had been taken to the carrier Jeram. Then the whole house of Israel began to seek the Lord. Samuel told them, if you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, get rid of the foreign gods, the asterisks that are among you. Dedicate your lives to the Lord and worship only him. Then he will rescue you from the hands of the Philistines. So the Israelites removed the the bows and the address and only worshipped the Lord. See what they are doing. It's, it's a prophetic action. Samuel said to them, gather all Israel at Mizpah and I will pray to the Lord on your behalf. When they gathered at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out in the Lord's presence. They fasted that day and they and there they confessed. We have sinned against the Lord. And someone began to lead the Israelites at Mizpah as their judge. Verse number 7. When the Philistines heard that the Israelites had gathered at Mizpah, their rulers marched up toward Israel. And when the Israelites heard about it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. The Israelites said to Samuel, don't stop crying out to the Lord our God for us so that he will save us from the hand of the Philistines. Then Samuel took a young lamp and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on behalf of, the, of, of Israel and the Lord answered him. Samuel was offering the burnt offering as the Philistines drew near 
to fight against Israel. The Lord thundered loudly against the Philistines that day and threw them into such confusion that they fled before Israel. Then the men of Israel charged out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, striking them down all the way to the place below Bethka. Afterwards, someone took a stone and set it upright before Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, explaining, The Lord has helped us to this point. So those of us who have been using Ebenezer, this is where the word Ebenezer was birthed. Amen. I want to speak on understanding the power of sacrifice. Understanding the power of sacrifice. The account that we just read tells us that when the people of God came out of, of, of Egypt, they, they, had, they grappled with many foreign gods. They started dealing with the gods of the, uh, the Moabites and the Amorites. They started inheriting strange tra- traditions. And God was not happy with them. So many times, God gave them up to different people groups and they were really whipped and beaten. But they got to a time, they said, we cannot continue to live our lives like this because we are the people of God. God redeemed us. God called us by name. We cannot continue to live in this poverty. We cannot continue to live in this hardship. You know, we cannot continue to always be judged by the Yokogari seller for the Yokogari we took on credit. We, we cannot continue to live like this. We cannot continue to live like this after we've been born again for 20 years. We've been speaking in tongues for all this while. We cannot continue to live like this. People must see us and know that we have been with the Lord. So Bible says that they called upon Samuel who was then their judge and prophet and said that we want to come back to God. And someone said, that is good news. Now, this is what you need to do. You need to get rid of all the foreign gods. You need to get rid of all those gods that you inherited when you were traveling. They can't help you. Sometimes, as we go through life, we begin to pick up the worship of idols. Some of us don't even realize that we have made some things idols in our lives. Some of us, we prayed to the Lord so long for some job. And when the job came, the job started replacing God in our lives. And we don't understand that, you know, we are stressing, our blood pressure is going up, we are dying on the job. Yet we don't understand. We have replaced the work with God, uh, uh, whatever, God with work or work with God, one of those. Sometimes anyway many of us cry to God for some things and the very moment the Lord answers us that becomes the snare you know the devil is a bad devil the devil is a bad devil sometimes he causes us he says okay God bless them he will not stop the blessing but he will make sure that you begin to see that blessing as God How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Amen. Because of the same blessing that God gave you, now you don't pray anymore. Now you can't go to church anymore. Now you cannot serve God the way you used to serve God anymore. And the only mistake God did was to bless you with the blessing that you yourself have been crying for. Some of us, the reason why the Lord is not giving us some things we are asking for is because he knows our hearts. If he releases that car to you, that car will kill you on the motorway. So, God God is is really watching. Some of us, the day you get that million dollars that you'll be praying about, you backslide. So, God is looking at the condition of our hearts to be sure that we are ready to take on and we are not going to take the bow and the astral poles and begin to replace them with God in our lives. That was what the people of God did. Someone said, get rid of those things. 
And when they got rid of those things, Bible says that Samuel took an eight-day-old lamb, pure, uncontaminated, and he stood before the people and he made a sacrifice to God on their behalf. He sacrificed, he cleansed their sins and we will be looking at the power of sacrifice. That is what I'm driving at. And he cried to the Lord on their behalf. He said, God, forgive the sins of your people. Your people have acknowledged the fact that you took them from Egypt. You performed miracles for them. You gave them bread in the wilderness. You opened the Red Sea up for them. You gave them power to conquer their enemies. Yet they have forgotten you. God forgive your people. And Bible says that as someone was making sacrifices on behalf of the people, the Philistines were approaching to fight and destroy them. You know, sometimes when the time you decide to serve God well, that is when the devil gathered his arsenals. The time you decided that, oh, I will not do this again, that is when the enemy actually marshaled forces against you. So this fasting time, don't be fooled. The enemy is going to throw every kind of things against you. He's going to, one of my daughters said that the day I decided I won't be angry, it's as if they have released all the annoyance against me. Wherever I pass, annoyance. <laughs> and when your fuse is short, it blows by heart. So she says she's put extra fuse in her pocket. So when this blows, she'll change. The Philistines were approaching. Can you imagine? They were approaching. And word came to the Israelites that, listen, as you people think you are serving God and you are fasting, because that day they fasted. And when you are fasting, you are physically weak. Do you understand me? So you are not ready for battle. And as they were fasting, the Philistines who have eaten banku and fufu and have trained and somersaulted have their dagger, their spear and their sword and they are rushing to Mizpah to destroy them and to disgrace them and to make a public show of them. And Bible says that they cried, they said, Samuel, don't stop praying. Samuel, don't stop praying. Some of us, when problems begin to hit us, we stop praying. When problem begin to confront us, we rather stop praying. But I'm here to encourage you, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. When you fast and you feel weak, don't stop fasting. When you are seeking the face of God and problems come, don't stop seeking the face of God. Those problems are only decoys to turn your attention from God. But if you can prevail and you can focus on your God, those problems will be shattered before you. Because the Lord your God, whom you are crying out to, is your mighty warrior. He's your everlasting strength. He's the one who can turn things around for you. So now let, let's go back. I want us to read the verse 9 again. Verse 9. Verse 9. Then someone took the young lamb. Okay, go to verse 10. Bible said the Lord answered that. What did God do from verse 10? Someone was offering the burnt offering as the Philistines drew near to fight against Israel. And the Lord thundered loudly. <laughs> the Lord himself said, listen, these people are serving me. They are weak. These people have been fasting. They can't fight. And I am their mighty warrior. I want to show the Philistines that you cannot mess up with my children. So as they were coming, Bible said that God took over the fight. <laughs> he told Jehoshaphat, this fight is not your fight. It's my fight. So one of the benefits of fasting and sacrificing is that as you do that, the Lord takes over the fight on your behalf. And instead of you throwing blows, God will stand in between you and your enemies and God will thunder loudly. I pray and prophesy over your life. May the God that we serve and the God that we have fasted seeking his face 21 days today, may he tender on our behalf. I say may the Lord roar on our behalf. May the Lord speak on our behalf. May the Lord fight our battles. We don't have the power to fight. We are weak and we are worn out. But I say today if God be God and he's the 
Bible says that by strength shall no man prevail. Too many times we are fooled to think that we have the power to confront the things of this world. We think that we have the strength. But we fast because in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. In our pain and suffering, in our sacrifices, he takes over. The Bible says he thundered loudly against the Philistines. And that day, he threw them into such confusion, they fled before Israel. He threw them into confusion. Sometimes I'm confronted with issues in my life. And I look at that and I say, God, no, no matter of action can dissolve this. I don't know if you've faced those things before. No matter of, no matter what you do, it, it will not solve. Seek the face of God. Sacrifice before God. And God will throw your enemies into confusion. I speak over your life that today may the Lord throw your enemies into confusion. The enemies that are coming against you, the enemies that are speaking against you, the enemy that, and sometimes the system of this world can be powerful. Though. The system of this world can be so powerful that it doesn't matter how you turn yourself. You cannot free yourself because people, you know, people have been paid. They have been hired to come against you and to destroy you and to shred you but you cannot speak for yourself but as you wait on God and you sacrifice may the Lord throw them into confusion I speak over your life this morning if I be a man of God I declare that in your season of fasting in your season of sacrifice may God throw your enemies into confusion may God cause them to start confessing everything that they have done in the dark may they come and confess to you definition of sacrifice is an act of offering to a deity something precious especially killing maybe an animal or what they will call victim on an altar is something offered to someone that you revere it's a distraction or surrender of something for the sake of of something else bigger. It is the act of giving up something that you want to keep, especially in order to do something else and to help someone. So we are saying that you sacrifice something so that you can get something bigger. So for example, in the life of the Israelites, they just sacrificed a lamb to God. 
But God wanted to see the conditions of their heart. And based on that sacrifice, he turned it. How many of you understand what I'm, I'm sharing? I'm taking my time. I won't rush it today. Now, in the Bible, what is sacrifice? Sacrifice means giving up something you value. You are giving up something you value. Some of us, we like food. But we have sacrificed food. Some of us, we like money. But we have sacrificed money. Some of us, we like life. But we have sacrificed some things. And that is the Bible definition. Let me tell you the difference between an offering and sacrifice. An offering means giving up something to please someone. But sacrifice is giving up something you value. So that God would respond and do something on your behalf. The Hebrew word for sacrifice is korban. And korban interestingly means coming closer to God. So what we call sacrifice is actually koban. Your sacrifice brings you closer to God. When I discovered this, I was like, oh, that is why when we are in the mood of sacrifice, that is when, when you let go of things, things happen supernaturally because you are so close to God that when you speak, he hears you clearly. When you whisper, he knows what you are talking about. You are sitting, it's just like a, a son or a daughter sitting on the lap of the father. Whatever you say, they will hear. That is sacrifice. Koban. In the Bible, we've seen different kinds of sacrifices. Burnt offering like we just saw. Purification offering. Reparation offering. Fellowship offering, offering of significance. And in all of these, you still, you realize that there's a priest, there's a victim, and there's an altar. But in, in another time, I would expound on that a little bit. But, you know, we sacrifice different things. Different things. It's not only money. Sometimes, God requires that you sacrifice your time. If you're a believer and you cannot sacrifice your time to serve God, you cannot see, you cannot move to the next level. The way we treat the things of God these days, the way we are lackadaisical about rehearsal, now they have to beg you to come to rehearsal. The way you come and you, the way you are even ushering, the way you come, you are late and you are walking to church. You are not sacrificing well to the Lord. You are putting every other thing before God. And God says that if you want to move to the next level, you must understand that I demand some sacrifice. And as you have time for me, I will make time for you. That is what the Bible says in James. That draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you. We don't understand why God sometimes demands some things for us. Because he wants to see the conditions of our heart. People who care about you. Naturally you realize that you want to do things for them. It not be so. When you travel to the US or some country. And you are in some shop. You are thinking about them. You see something. Oh, this one would be nice for this person. Because they think about you all the time. Some of us want to go to the next level. But God is not the priority. Some of us want to go to the next level. But we are not willing to make a little sacrifice. The word is sacrifice. It means that it doesn't come easy. You are sacrificing it. You, you always have the choice. Either to continue to do what you are doing. Or to sacrifice that. You may lose some money. You may lose some privileges. You may lose something. But you are giving it to a God. That will give you press down. Shaking together and running over. But sometimes believers miss it. We miss it. God demands that we sacrifice. Now, when you read Malachi, God was so heartbroken. He says that, this is the kind of sacrifice you give me. What is it? Malachi 1 or Malachi 3? Malachi 3. Go, go to, let, let me see. Let me, can't remember that scripture right now. 
He said, give it to your governors and, and, and see if they will be happy with you. This is the time when the projector people become pastors. G- give, me Malachi, g- give me Malachi 1 and let me see. Hallelujah. This is important. I want us to really build. When you present a blind animal for sacrifice, is it not wrong? When you present a lame or sick animal, is it not wrong? Bring it to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Or show you favor? Ask the Lord of hosts. We want to go to the next level. Our sacrifice will make a way for us. But the way we are treating God, eh? We cannot treat our bosses like that. Some of us, when we have to go to work, we will kick over everybody, stumble, push, insult. But let's talk about church. Bamagana. Oh, as for church, it is God's. As for God, the dear God can take anything. So you come to church anytime. You look at your time today. Today, my body is not doing me well, though. I won't go to church. But you know, the same Monday, your body may not be doing you well, but you go to work. Because you respect your boss than the God who owns your life. Today, they are saying things. He says, would he be pleased with you or so favor? Ask the Lord. Go to the next verse. Let me see what is there. Verse 9. And now ask for God's favor. Will he be gracious to us? He says, if you treat God like that, and now you are asking for God's favor, will he be gracious? Will he be gracious? Since this has come from your hands, will he show any of you favor? As the Lord of hosts. Let's look at 10. I wish one of you would shut the temple door so you will no longer kindle a useless fire on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will accept no offering from your hands. We want to go to the next level. But the way we are treating God, the way we are treating the things of God, the way we are like a desical about things that concern God, our next level is compromised and we don't understand why. Our next level is compromised. But one of the greatest no, in, in the house of God we, we, God needs we need sacrifices for a lot of things for mission to go out there. People have many, many excuses why they cannot go and win souls. I still don't get it. Because the cardinal call of a believer is to win souls. I don't know how pastors can stand themselves and put up with themselves when, when they cannot preach soul winning. The, I don't remember the last time some of us preached about soul winning. It's not important. Yes, it's embarrassing. Yes, people can treat you anyhow. I remember one time at Brick Gardens, my precocious self, I picked the tracks. I saw some white people sitting under, and then I was walking, you know, with my friend to give them tracks, and they knew what I was coming to. They just got there and said, hey, just scratched my head and used the next thing and left. They think they have shamed me. But before God, I sacrificed everything for him to share the gospel with somebody else, to tell somebody else about the saving knowledge of God. God needs our money and I will dwell on that. Right now, the church struggles even with paying our bills. When it comes to buying dresses for ourselves, hey! when it comes to choosing quality of materials, hey! but when it comes to the things of God, give to God, God who has given you everything, you muncham the 10 Ghana cities and throw it to him like He's a nuisance. If you would be, would be fair, look at how much we spend on the things of God against our own personal things. Sacrifice will cause God to tender on our behalf. You see, this preaching, if you don't say amen, I'm not offended. I'm not offended. God needs our presence. God needs our time. 
God needs our very being. God needs us to sacrifice those things so that he can reach out to us. Why? Because when you give to God that which costs you, David says, I will not give to God that which will not cost me. I will not give to God. One of the highest sacrifices we make in life is the sacrifice of blood. Yeah, it's a sacrifice of blood. That is why it took Jesus to die on the cross and shed his blood so that perpetually we will be free from the bondage. If Jesus did not do that, there was no way we would be free. Blood. You see, the occultic word understand this one. We, we don't. That is why when you go to the shrines and things, they are asking, bring fowl, bring things. But the biggest one is human. If you bring human beings, let me shock you in the Bible. Something that happened. If it's satanic anointing, oh, please give me 2 Kings chapter 3. I'll read from verse 4. Please follow this carefully. If I don't finish this today, I will finish it next week. 2 Kings chapter, um, chapter 3 verse number 4. King Mesha of Moab was a sheep breeder. He used to pay the king of Israel 10,000 lambs and the wool of 10,000 rams. That's an agreement. But when Ahab died, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. So King Jerome marched out from Samaria at that time and mobilized all Israel. Then he sent a message to the king Jehoshaphat of Judah. The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? Jehoshaphat said, I will go. I am as you are. My people as your people. My horses are your horses. Then he asked, which route should we take? Joram replied, the route of the wilderness of Edom. Follow the story very well. So the king of Israel and the king of Judah and the king of Edom set out. Look at, look at these forces that have come together. <laughs> After they had traveled their indirect route for seven days, they had no water for the army of their animals. Then the king of Israel said, Oh no! Aren't we forgetting something? The Lord has summoned us three kings only to hand us over to Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Isn't there a prophet of the Lord here? Let's inquire of the Lord through him. One of the servants of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, son of Shepherd, who used to pour water on Elijah's hand, is here. Elijah is not a mere prophet. We all know Elisha is not a mere prophet. Jehoshaphat affirmed, the Lord's words are with him. <laughs> the Lord's words are with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went to him. However, Elisha said to the king Jerome of Israel, we have nothing in common. Go to the prophets of your father and your mother. But the king of Israel replied, No, because it is the Lord who has summoned us three kings to hand over to Moab. To hand us over to Moab. Elisha responded, As the Lord of hosts lives, I stand before him. If I did not have respect for the king Jehoshaphat of Judah, I would not look at you. I wouldn't take notice of you. They have their own personal things. They want to settle. Prophets sometimes are like that. <laughs> when you take us for granted and now you want help, we'll show you where power lies. Now, bring me musician. While the musician played, the Lord's hand came on Elisha. Please read carefully the things. On. Sometimes when we are reading the Bible, we are in a hurry. We skip. It says that the hand of the Lord is upon Elisha. Then he said, this is what the Lord says. Please, am I, are we reading the same thing? Let's read it together. This is what Satan says. This is what Dig ditch after ditch in this uh, wadi. For the Lord says you will not see wind or rain, but the wadi will be filled with water and you will drink and you and your cattle and your animals. This is easy in the Lord's sight. He would also hand Moab over to you. Hey, this thing scares me. 
Let, let, let it stay there a little bit because like, like I said today, I may do part two. It says, the Lord said he will hand over Moab to us. Let's go to the next verse. Then you must attack every fortified city and every choice city. You must cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water. You must ruin every good piece of land with stones. About the time about the time for the grain offering, the next morning, water suddenly came from the direction of Edom and filled the land, just as the Lord has said. All Moab had heard that the kings had come up to fight against them. So all who could bear arms from the youngest to the oldest were summoned and took their stand at the border. So Moab heard that Israelites had three different kings and they are coming. How many of you understand what I'm sharing so far? How many of you understand the story? Thank you. I want to be sure. When they got up early in the morning, the sun was shining on the water and the Moabites saw that the water across from them was red like blood. So it's like God is confusing them. This is blood! They exclaimed. The kings have crushed swords and killed each other so to spoil Moab. However, when the Moabites came to Israel's camp, the Israelites attacked them and they fled from them. So Israel went into the land and struck down the Moabites. Look at what happened. They destroyed the cities and each of them threw stones to cover every good piece of land. Just as the Lord said. They stopped up every spring of water and cut down every good tree. In the end, only the buildings of Kehers, uh, it's a big word, were left. The men with slings surrounded the city and attacked it. Hey! And when the king of Moab saw that the battle was too fierce for him, he took 700 swordsmen with him to try to break through to the king of Edom, but they could not do it. So he took his firstborn son, who was to become the king in his place, and offered him as a burnt offering on the city wall. Now great wrath was on the Israelites, and they withdrew from him and returned to their land. Let us stay there. Understanding the power of sacrifice. This is an unbeliever. Some of us, we are toying with, with Satan. When people go and make sacrifices at shrines, that is why usually during some times of the year, especially election and things, they are requiring human because the highest form of sacrifice is human. An unbelieving king of Moab did not just I'm sure if he had sacrificed anybody at all, it wouldn't work. He sacrificed his son who was supposed to be king after him. Unbelievers understand the secrets. Unbelievers understand the secret. Because of that, even though God had prophesied that the people will win the battle, even though God had said through Elijah, when they, they did that action, it, it took Satan to another level. And the Israelites could not win the battle. They went back. This is a mortal being. How much more we who have the son of God, the sinless sacrifice, if we can activate that blood of Jesus, that is why we fight with the blood of Jesus. This is the reason. Because the devil is fighting with some blood. And if you don't activate the blood of Jesus with your sacrifice, the enemy will be winning the battle and you think God is not with you. But you have not understood the power of sacrificing to God. And in modern times, I've always explained to us that part of our sacrifice of blood 
You see, God, I always say that God does not need your CDs in heaven. The street where God is, is gold. He doesn't need CDs. CDs, in fact, if you will chop any currency, it should be dollars. So as for CDs, <laughs> as for CDs, but God needs you to show to him that you can sacrifice your CDs. And that is your blood. I've explained to you, when you go to work and you come back, you are dying slowly. When they give you your pay, it's your blood. And that is the power of giving your tithe. That is the power of paying your first fruits. If you want to misbehave against anyone, don't misbehave against somebody who pays tithe. I beg you. Don't take for granted somebody who pays his first fruits. Because God will stand for him. God will row. God will tender for her. So sometimes we go through life and you know we need to teach these things. If we don't teach, you will think, oh, no, no, I want to be fast. You are not doing pastor. You are not doing pastor. You are accumulating weapons of mass destruction on your own behalf. Because the day the enemy will rise up against you, the spirit of God said, no, not this one. Don't mess up. Because that blood that is speaking for this one, the guy has activated the blood. Oh. The guy has activated the blood. The blood is ready to fight and to fire weapons. It is blood activated. Blood activated. So next week, we will connect this to our sacrifice in the house of God. The reason why some unbelievers are making it. That is why those days they say, Why didn't it work? It worked because the person took human blood. Yes. Only that we know that at the end of the day, they will pay for it. We know. But when it comes to the blood of Jesus, and you activate the blood of Jesus through our giving, and that is why David says something. I will read that one and then we would uh, we would leave today. Hallelujah. How many of you understand what, what, what pastor is teaching today? Hallelujah. David says something. David sacrifice. David says that I will not give to God that which will not cost me. I will not give to God that which will not cost me. Second Corinthians 9. I will quote this again next week. He said, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Is it in your Bible? Each one must do just as he has purpose in his heart. Not gradually or under compulsion. God says, I'm not forcing you. I'm looking at the conditions of your heart. If you want to give God soppy, you will get soppy from God. If you give God your best you will get your best from God. And now I understand why God is blessing some people the way he's blessing them. And the people who give, it's not because they have too much money, they don't know what to do with it all. They know what to do with money. But they chose to sacrifice on the altar of God and give God. And because God saw that condition of their heart, when the time came for God to tender on their behalf, God tended. I feel like we need to come before God and confess to God. We have not treated God well. We have not treated God well. You don't have to stand with every head bowed. Ponder over the scripture. Understanding the power of sacrifice. Think about how you have treated God. And let's begin to confess to God. Father, we have sinned against you. Father, we have not been truthful to you. Father, we have treated our earthly bosses with respect. More respect than we treat you. Lord, we have been more enthusiastic about the earthly work that when we are 60 years, they will give us letter to go on retirement. 
rather than you, the God who will be with us until eternity. And when life even ends here and continues, you are still with us. We are sacrificing to the wrong deity. Lord, forgive us. Lord, spare us from your wrath. Father, we want to go to the next level. We want to go to the next level, Lord. We want to go to the next level, Lord. And Lord, we know that if we don't understand the power of sacrifice, we cannot go. So Lord, I plead your blood over the church. I plead your blood over every single entity. Lord, I don't want to be the reason why they don't know this. So I have spoken according to your direction. Everyone watching me online, Lord, touch them. I plead your blood. Father, give us another chance. Oh. Father, give us another opportunity to make it right. Lord, give us another opportunity to make it right. In the mighty name of Jesus, let us not give to you that which will not cost us. Let us not give to you that which we will not give to our earthly bosses. If we cannot wake up any day and say we won't go to work, some of us, when we are even sick, God, we still go to work. But yet, when it comes to your things, you the healer, you the one who is able to heal us, we rather decide not to respond to your call. Father, forgive us. Lord, forgive us. Jesus, forgive us. I want you to pray that God, now that you have forgiven us, give me the courage to make sacrifices for you. Let this show in my time to, towards your things. Let this show in my time to prayer meetings. Let this show in the way I evangelize to somebody who does not know Jesus. Let this show in the way I give my offering. That the next time I give an offering, it should be more than what I would have used to buy a dress. Let it show in the way I give my tithe. Let it show the way I give my first fruits. I will not give today and stop tomorrow. Give today and stop tomorrow. Just like we cannot go to work today and not go tomorrow because our earthly bosses will not be happy. Pray, pray, pray for the courage to do that. Pray for the courage to do that. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Slap your hands and give glory to God. Thanks for tuning in. We believe you've been blessed by today's word. For video recordings of teachings by Reverend Alija, visit our Facebook page at Harvest Missions Chapel. For prayers and counseling, kindly call or WhatsApp the numbers 0244-865-523 or 054-230-3868. To share your testimonies or to support the ministry in cash or kind, contact us on 0244-865-523.